Welcome to the podcast where anxiety doesn't run the show, you do. I'm your host, Miss Alyssa, and I'm exploring ways we can all grow stronger than our fear and trauma. I've been a resilience coach for over a decade and a Kripalu yoga teacher for almost 20 years. I'm sharing tools, practices, and inspirational interviews so that you can dissolve your fear and evolve as a person. If you're ready to embrace your talents, dreams, and desires and live a life more full of freedom and joy, tune in. Relieve stress, nurture yourself, overcome trauma, and maximize your potential. And enjoy life. It's what we're all about here at the Dissolving Fear Podcast and at MissAlyssa.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Shannon Bryant, to the Dissolving Fear Podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. And I feel like my listeners will really benefit, especially if they've had anxiety and jealousy in romantic relationships, because that is your area of expertise. Yes, as we were talking earlier, you know, I was saying that if somebody told me eight years ago that this is what I would be doing, I would have said, there's just no way that I'd be helping people overcome jealousy in their relationships. I dealt with it for so many years, relationship after relationship, and I really thought I was the only one. So as I started to find tools and techniques to help overcome my insecurity in relationships and my insecurity within myself, what I unfortunately found out is there are a lot of us that are, that feel insecure and that struggle with jealousy in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And I heard you on another podcast and I love your personality. And you know how you don't always remember exactly what everyone says, but you remember how people make you feel. I just felt like you really understand the subject, really knowledgeable. And so I'm just so happy you're here for our listeners because I think you can make them feel totally empowered when it comes to overwhelming anxiety and jealousy in relationships. And I think it's interesting. You told the story of how you got into this. You're Mm -hmm. an adult child of an alcoholic and you were speaking to other adult children of alcoholics and you noticed a common thread was a lot of the women were struggling with jealousy. Is that how you got into this? Yes. I was doing a talk for an ACA group, as you mentioned, adult children of alcoholics. And it was a women's ACA group. And I was really just there to tell my story, what it was like growing up as a child who had a parent who was an alcoholic. And part of my story was just talking about how, you know, some of the behavioral characteristics that I developed because of that were severe insecurity as an adult and really struggling in my relationships. And the the highlight of that being really jealous in my relationships. And so I certainly, you know, ruined a lot of good relationships and I stayed too long (laughs) with some that I shouldn't have just because I never felt like I could trust myself. Even I didn't know if, you know, should I be upset about this or should I not? Is it just because I'm so jealous that I, that I'm upset about this or Would a normal, quote unquote, normal person be jealous about this? So 
as I was giving that talk and talking about my experience in these relationships with jealousy, it was just supposed to be an hour talk. And at the end, they asked, you know, the the group if anyone had any questions. And all of these virtual hands went <laughs> up like, yes, me, 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 me. And so I thought, oh, okay, well, this is definitely something I could talk about at length for hours. I certainly have experience in it myself. And then really uh, being the the one to kind of go out and let me try this. Let me see if this works. Okay, that didn't work. Let me try something else. And so now I'm just trying to share it with others because as I said, unfortunately, there are so many that are really struggling with it. Yeah. So as a child, you had some adversity. Uh, My dad was also an alcoholic and he was addicted to drugs, but now he's one of my best friends and he's Mm. sober. Um, And I'm wonderful. Anyway, so, you know, those of us who have adversity in childhood, a lot of times that triggers anxiety in our bodies and we turn it into different things. It sounds like your anxiety kind of turned into jealousy. I think mine turned into workaholicism, however you say it. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and more of a, you know, left behind feeling, making it easy for people to love me for sure. Um, mm. And just a sense of not being enough. And I think that's the root of jealousy, right? Like I'm not smart enough. I'm not attractive enough or funny enough or worthy enough. Yes. All of those things. We always think we're not enough, whatever that is, not smart enough, not pretty enough, not talented enough, not skilled enough. We are constantly in that place of almost trying to show our worth. And I think that's really my biggest message. And what I want people to remind themselves every day, you are automatically worthy of love, no matter what. And unfortunately, you, I, and many other people maybe didn't get that as a child. Our parents or one of our parents weren't, weren't showing us that in, in the way that they should have. And so we're constantly seeking, like, how can I prove my worth? How can I show that I am good enough? And so a lot of times, yes, it'll lead into, you know, it'll present in many different ways for people, as you said. Um, some people will just end up being people pleasers. Some people will always doubt themselves and really sell themselves short on achieving big things because they just don't feel like they're worthy and don't feel like they're enough. Yeah. So let's get into this jealousy in romantic relationships. And by the way, um, I don't want you to feel like you have to forgive your parents and be their best friend. You can also um, opt out of forgiving people and you can just go with release, which is one practice I used with my ex-husband actually, where it's a whole different ball game. I'll talk about it in another episode. Um, but you can cut those cords to people who hurt you and you can just let it go in many different ways aside from forgiveness. So forgiveness isn't yes. your only option. Um, so jealousy in romantic relationships. Jealousy is like fear of losing something that you have like a partner and then envy is kind of like Mm -hmm. wanting what others have so we're focusing on jealousy and feeling like threatened like what you have is going to go away yes and thank you for that distinction because i don't want people to get it confused some people you may experience you know if you're someone who's jealous in your relationship you may experience the fear of loss you also may experience 
being envious of your neighbor's house or their car or their relationship. You could certainly have both, but we're focused on that piece where you are in that constant anxiety in your relationship, where you're always, as we say, waiting for the other shoe to fall. And, you know, there's something very interesting about the brain that I had um, a great doctor who was just on my podcast, Catherine Pittman, and she talks about a, a little piece of like how our brain works in this way. A lot of jealousy um, sufferers don't understand because what we'll hear is, I feel like I'm out of control. I can't control my emotions when I'm feeling jealous. And we certainly can get into that situation where, you know, that, that small trigger, that one thing just hits us in a way, a comment that they said, a look that they gave someone, whatever that is, can really trigger such a deep um, feeling. And there are a lot of emotions that are tied with jealousy. We can have anger, of course, sadness, you know, all of that is wrapped into jealousy as well as some, some other self-conscious, you know, emotions. So we'll have a blow up. We argue with our partner because of that trigger. We feel like we're out of control, like an out of body experience in a way. And we have the blow up, we have the argument, and then we feel really bad about it because we know that that isn't the way we want to treat our partner. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about, cause I feel like there's two scenarios um, where when someone feels that jealous trigger or that tinge or that anxiety coming up in their body, two different ones. There's one that I just described where it feels like this over, it's just taken over. You can't control it. And as I say, then stuff just comes out of your mouth. Whether you feel like you want it to or not, you almost have no control over what you're saying and what you're doing. Okay. (laughs) So that's one side of it. Then, um, and I'll explain the differences, but, uh, or why we have the different ones. And then there's the side where, okay, I am actually, I'm upset. I'm thinking about what they just said. What does this mean? And now oftentimes, as I say, we make snarky comments you know, just that like, hey, I want to let you know that I know or that I'm on to you that this might be happening. So we make our comments. We're making a decision in that moment to make the comments. So the other one's a little bit slower where we do feel like, okay, maybe I do have a little bit more control over my body. So the first one, when we are really just feeling like out of control and stuff is coming out of our mouth and we're doing actions that we feel like we have no control over, that is really, as Catherine Pittman describes it on the podcast, like that's your amygdala. And so if we think about it, that part of your brain where it's looking out for you and almost like a seeing eye dog, you know, if you had a dog and, and they're in front and they're kind of just making sure that everything is okay. Well, what, what we do in past experiences, certainly perhaps the way you grew up, the way that I grew up maybe some romantic experiences that we've had that weren't always positive. Yeah. Like infidelity or something like that. Yes. Yes. You can have infidelity in a past relationship or a series of relationships with infidelity. Your brain is going to say, I don't ever want to experience that again. So I am on high alert. And so anything 
that looks like it, sounds like it, could be like it, that resembles it in the slightest bit, I'm going to let you know. (laughs) The problem with that is it's usually wrong (laughs) because it's on heightened alert. Your amygdala is on heightened alert because, you know, as humans in the beginning, we were much better to assume it's a snake than think maybe it's not a snake, right? We (laughs) needed to assume, hey, that's a snake. And that's the way we survived. We don't so need that. you don't that. step on a stick. Yes. Yes. By a snake. And so if you're with a guy and you think mm-hmm. he's starting to act like a cheating snake, you don't want to assume, oh, I'm sure everything's fine and then get cheated on. Well, your amygdala doesn't want you to do that for sure. Because it's saying, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this looks a little tiny bit, even if it's a tinge, it looks a little bit like what happened before or what somebody said before. Or, you know, something familiar, but it's usually wrong because it's over like it's being overly sensitive. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, that is really where that's in front. And our, our, the other part of our brain, our cortex doesn't have time to catch up and sort all that out before we're already kind of feeling like we're saying something or doing something in that moment. So I just think it's important because we tend to um, beat ourselves up when we have that type of experience, when we're just kind of off the cuff. And so even just knowing that, hey, this, this might be my seeing eye dog, this might just be my amygdala that's, that's oversensitive and trying to tell me something, but I know that it's usually wrong. And that helps to sort of slow that situation down where then maybe you can process the information a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so Just knowing that if you're jealous, you might tend to assume the worst. You might tend to that's right. make assumptions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell a story all the time and I, I can remember the day like it was yesterday or the evening like it was yesterday. My husband and I, when I was just in the, the depths of my jealousy, my husband and I went to a restaurant to have dinner And, you know, me scoping out the room and looking for threats before we've even put our name in with the hostess was nothing new. I always did that. Like I already, girl, yes, that, and that's, I mean, people that have this obsessive jealousy, that's unfortunately the type of anxiety that they live in all the time. If there's a hot girl girl at a four top table, you'll probably yes. sit him facing away from her and you'll face. Absolutely. Him. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and if I can't control that set, that seating or something happens where it's just inevitable that he's facing her, I can't relax. I wasn't able to enjoy the dinner and nine times out of 10, we would end up arguing and it was a horrible night. And so that is just the type of um, anxiety or the type of the level that it can get to for somebody who is in this obsessive jealous, jealousy mode. And unfortunately, as I said, there are a lot of people that are experiencing that. And so what happens is they start to change who they are. They're not wanting to go do things. I don't think we stopped going to dinners. We stopped going to movies. We stopped 
a lot of things just because it was too difficult and it would cause an argument. And so people will start to change their activities, but worse, they start to change their partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our mindset affects our behavior. If you want to know what someone is thinking and how they view life, look at how they behave. So let's talk about maybe five must-haves to overcome jealousy. And oh my gosh, it sounds like, you know, jealousy can run your life. And you know what? I totally empathize because fear can run our lives in so many ways. And this, this way is just very eye-opening to me. I, I'm not jealous, but I just recently dated someone who was, and it was like really mm. eye-opening. Yeah. So um, let's yes. talk about the five must-haves to overcome jealousy. Yes. So definitely connection is number one for me because the, the thing is we, if you're in this obsessive jealousy and you can tell just from the story that I told about going to the restaurant, we're spending 90% of our time focused on our partner. Like what are they doing? Who are they talking to? How is their day? Who did they see during the day? But really we need to turn that attention to us and increase our self-awareness and make adjustments. And so really identifying, um, you know, our thoughts and trying to figure out how to, how do we then regulate our emotions? And as you said it, like those thoughts are driving our actions. And so we have to get really self-aware. What are the things that we're doing? What are the things that we're saying? And what is the emotion that we're feeling? So really getting that connection to yourself of, because emotions are another thing that we usually get wrong the first time out of the gate where I was at my husband and I early on were at Disney and it just so happened. It was first thing in the morning, we were standing in line and I noticed he had a little hole under his, you know, in the armpit of his t-shirt. And so just playing around, I kind of stuck my finger in there to go, Hey, you have a hole. And he flipped out kind of like he was just real like, what are you doing? And kind of jerked his arm away. And then he was like, well, we have to go buy a new shirt. And he seemed kind of grumpy. And I was like, oh, I don't know that I like this. I took it as anger. And I, you know, his first response seemed like he was angry. What was really behind it is he was embarrassed, right? We were newly dating. He felt embarrassed that something was wrong, you know, and it was probably overkill, but it's just one of those things that we have to remember, like, I need to connect and figure out what this real emotion is, especially when we're jealous. We can think, oh, well, I'm, you know, that made me angry or this made me sad. What may be behind it is I felt disrespected or, you know, I didn't feel important to you. And so really getting that connection in the root of your thoughts and your emotions. So that's one. So ask your partner how they're feeling because you thought he was um, angry or annoyed, but he was embarrassed. And then also ask yourself what you're feeling. So the first must-haves is like connecting with everyone's feelings and not making assumptions. Exactly. Um, And then coping techniques. And we need this. Anxiety is really at the root. We're always feeling anxious. um, Those who have this obsessive jealousy. And so we need ways to be able to slow down or regulate our nervous system. There are certainly some breathing exercises 
I say um, meditation, any of those things that you can do, but I want to go back to the basics and we all know it, but a lot of times we don't do it. Exercise and sleep are so, so important. And I don't think people make that connection between I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling anxiety, I'm feeling jealous to some of these um, coping techniques that we can put in place on a daily basis and put into daily practice that will actually help that anxiety. So coping techniques, I certainly work with people to, um, we do kind of a coping technique recipe of finding what works best for you because not everybody is, a, a you know, someone who enjoys meditating. Not everybody loves yoga. Not everybody loves breathing exercises or it doesn't work for them. So um, we really kind of nail down the recipe there. So the next, the, the second one there is coping techniques. Yeah. And a lot of people, they just need to get the basics, like get good rest, mm-hmm. get good nutrition and water, plenty of sunshine and movement. So I would imagine that you would coach people through a lot of that because no one ever feels empowered and capable when they haven't slept and they miss lunch, you know? That's right. (laughs) That's right. When you're hungry or you're tired, you're never your best. So you're not going to handle those situations the best. Yeah. Yeah, You're going to go more into fight or flight if you've not been taking care of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Another must have is clarity and getting to, um, you know, I know that people, and, and I love it and I'm glad that people listen to the podcast and I'm glad that they're doing Google searches to find it, but sometimes we get overwhelmed with so much information. Oh, is it this? Is it this? Oh, try this, do this. And so, um, you know, really getting to the root cause of your jealousy and identifying some of the limiting beliefs that you in particular are experiencing. Because yes, we can say there's some overarching things like some of the coping techniques that I talked about that will help, but everyone is different. Everyone's triggers are different. The jealousy could be there for different reasons for everyone. And so getting really clear on, oh, why is it that way for me? Why, what, what are some beliefs that I have in my head that I just have been using and and assuming since I was young. And so for me, that was kind of one of the first things that I realized. So I had not had a relationship with my dad for most of my life. Um, And for that entire time, I thought, well, if my own dad doesn't love me, if he doesn't want to be in my life, if he's choosing alcohol over me, if my own dad doesn't love me, then why would anybody else? And I really carried that story with me forever, that I must be unlovable. I just don't have it. I don't have the thing that everybody else has, the thing that's desirable, the thing that makes you special. I don't have it. I must not have it. Mm -hmm. And so I carried that with me forever until I realized, you know, his inability to be a good father, his disease, that just... That had nothing to do with me. It didn't mean that I wasn't worthy of love or that I wasn't a worthy person. 
nothing to do with me. It had to do with him. And so really getting clear on what are the things that you have just been telling yourself that you don't even realize they're just running in the background on autopilot and you don't even think about them. It's not like you're necessarily saying that out loud to yourself every day. Some stuff we do, Mm -hmm. but they're more kind of those hidden things. And so we deep dive into getting some clarity on what are those things that you keep telling yourself. I always say, feel it to heal it. I think Dr. Dan Siegel coined that term, feel it to heal it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting that kind of goes along with the next one of consistency because what we tend to do is run away from, right? Like we don't want to feel it. I don't want to feel this emotion. It doesn't feel good. I don't want to experience this, but we have to practice things. We have to, um, as they say, you know, sit in the suck sometimes of, you know, sitting in this and experiencing being uncomfortable because sometimes, you know, it, it isn't written that we always have to feel comfortable and everything always has to feel good. Not everything does. And unfortunately we can be some kind of catastrophic thinking people. Um, And so when something is off or doesn't feel good or we feel uncomfortable, we're fighting like heck to go, let me get out of this, whatever I can do to stop feeling this way. In jealousy that comes out in, oh, I feel uncomfortable. I think he looked at her he's attracted to her. He's going to be thinking about her. How do I get this out of me? How do I get this bad feeling? I'm going to explode and I'm going to have an argument with him to take away, to take that focus away from her, right? Or to, to bring it back to me. So consistency in terms of practicing being uncomfortable, practicing your techniques, you know, we were all taught CPR probably in, in school, But if you haven't done it since high school or junior high, if you're in an emergency situation, chances are you're not going to know how to do it. It's an emergency now. It's hyped up. Your your nervous system is crazy. And so trying to remember those steps from a long time ago because you haven't practiced, it's not going to be there. And so we want to be consistent in practicing these things while we're not having a jealous meltdown, while we're not full of anxiety. So that when we need them in those emergency situations, it's like clockwork and it's like second nature. Ooh, so maybe you can share a couple ways to sit in the suck and to feel it. <laughs> so I can think of a couple I use with clients, you know, like I could tell them when you're feeling jealous, breathe in for three and exhale for three or do some little mm-hmm. arm squeezies, some self-massage, because I would imagine at dinner it would be much more beneficial to sit in the suck for a little bit and do some self-massage and arm squeezies rather than start a fight over dinner. Yes. So, do you have any tools that you <laughs> could share with listeners on, you know, how to practice yeah. sitting in the suck? Because I do think um, practice makes permanence. So it practice mm. doesn't make perfect, but it does make permanence. So your go-to is going to start being the breathing and the arm squeezies if you practice that. And then your go-to yes. won't be blowing up in a fight. It'll be these more productive tools. So do you have any tools or practices that come to mind when you talk about and coach clients through sitting through those hard feelings of jealousy and fear? 
Yeah. Um, well, those are really great one. I like the arm squeezies. Um, that is amazing. And definitely the breathing. So I teach box breathing. So, um, you know, the imaginary, an imaginary box breathing up for four on the side of the box. And you just kind of, you know, imagine your breath going up on the left side of the box for four count across the top for a four count, exhale down for four count, and then rest for four count across the bottom. And so having them do that several times, one, it does slow down that, that nervous system um, because it is true when we're hyped up, we're actually not getting enough oxygen to our brain. So of course we're not thinking clearly, as you said, like, yes, the smartest thing would be to not cause or start a fight in, in the restaurant. But unfortunately, when all of that's going on and then we're not, you know, when we're tense and we have that anxiety, we're shallow breathing. So we're not getting enough oxygen to our brain. And that alone, we know already when we don't have enough oxygen to our brain, we aren't thinking clearly. We can't think clearly. So doing the box breathing will help to slow that down and kind of sit in that suck and say, okay, well, wait a second. So now I'm getting this, you know, my amygdala told me that this looks very familiar to something that happened 17 years ago. Um, I now know that it's usually wrong. So then it just gives you time to sit and process and think through and pull in some of the techniques that we talk about. Um, and so I think box breathing is good. Um, that's why I like your arm squeezies because that's very similar to another thing. And it's really difficult to do, but it's very impactful because what we want to do, that fight or flight, right? We usually want to flight. We want to get out of the situation. So we're going to do either we're going to start that argument or we want to we want to retract. We want to pull away from them. And so a lot of times it's I'm going to fight with you or I'm going to cold shoulder you. Well, when you feel like you want to cold shoulder your partner and it's hard to do, but it's impactful reaching across and just putting your hand on their knee, their leg, their arm of like, okay, let me kind of just, okay, (laughs) it's me and you, I'm going to remind myself. Yeah. And have a little bit of that connection. Also more than just some magical connection thing that happens. It's just that slight, tiny difference of what you would have done instead. Mm -hmm. And so anytime you do even one tiny thing different, you're going to change whatever outcome was going to happen, right? So you're definitely going to get a different outcome than what you would have. And so sometimes just leaning in and doing um, that touch is, is powerful too. Yeah. And that's the power we have. We can't always change our feelings that come up, but we can change the outcome. We can't change adversity and hardship that hit us and ups and downs, but we can change the outcome by how we respond. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I say it all the time, like you're, you be the best thing. You be the best thing, you know, that's ever happened to you. Mm-hmm. Be the best thing that's ever happened to you because you can, and you're the only one that can change those things for you. And so we can't, you know, as much as we are controlling our partner when we feel jealous and maybe they have altered their behavior. My husband started to feel like he could, he had to look down all the time when we were at grocery stores, when we're, yes. And like, (laughs) he he can't look around. 
she might like see a butt or something. Yes, and you all of see course. <laughs> yes. So he oh, may see, yeah, the things that he may see. And so it started to change his behavior, like oh. until it was like, okay, this is just bananas. You can't keep, oh. you know, walking around with your head down. And so, um, so yeah, we can change them in that way, but it's never for the good, right? Because that's, we're controlling somebody and that's never for the good. But we do have some ways to positively control ourselves and to, to monitor ourselves and to make a difference within us. So did we cover all five ways to overcome? There's, there's one last quick one and that's community. And the reason I have community in there, especially for this topic, because I hear it all the time, people are, you know, there are very few of us that talk about jealousy in relationships. And it's because it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to say how they're like, if I'm ever single again, you know, I, I it might be hard for me to, <laughs> to find a date or to get remarried. Like people are like, oh, isn't that the one that was really jealous? But it's not like people are putting it on their dating profiles, you know, that, hey, I'm jealous. Sign up here. We're not talking about it because it's embarrassing. And so we think, and a lot of people will stay in that thought that they're the only ones that are experiencing this. And when you think you're the only one, you think that there's nothing that can be done. And so I think community and being able to start talking about it and see that there are other people who are thinking the exact same way as you, and they've probably made the same comments and they're probably doing the same habits. And then being able to go, oh, you tried this, this worked. Oh, great. Okay, that worked for you. Let me give that a shot and see if that's in my recipe card too. So here's my question, because your husband sounds awesome. Okay, you guys have been married <laughs> for like over a dozen years, right? Yes, we've been together 13 years. Yeah, yeah. Like basically, like, you know, if he looks up at the grocery store, he's just looking for a can of noodles, whatever, right? You know, but like, what if, some of your clients, it's not them. It is their partner, you know, mm -hmm. like their partner yeah. isn't making them feel secure. Their partner might be cheating. Um, so that just mm -hmm. makes me curious about that. How do yeah. you handle partners like that? Because I don't want listeners to think, well, I just, I'm going to second guess, you know, when I feel jealous or when I have emotions, mm -hmm. because sometimes they do really tell us what's up with the other person as far as red flags. Yes. And I'm so happy that you brought that up because it is very important. The thing is we can't predict and we can't know until we know if our partner is cheating, if our partner um, is doing some of the things that we worry about. But the, the idea is if they are like you, one, you most likely will find out in time, right? It, that's going to come up usually. Now, sometimes do people get away with it? Sure. But it it's really about the work that you're doing with yourself because most of the time we know when that stuff is coming from fear versus like intuition. And so intuition feels very different than when you're leading with fear. Intuition, yes. yeah, it's just it's kind of one of those things where you're not, you know, it's not going to come in the moment where you're like, wait a second. He said that he went to lunch at this one place and that's right by where his ex-girlfriend or his ex-wife lived. And I wonder, and he really took a lot, like, 
you're not going to get that tinge of like probably connecting the dots to figure something out when you're in that mode of overthinking, overthinking, yes, over when you're thinking about it. Intuition, that is such a lighter, like it's just going to pop in your head when you are, you know, doing laundry or washing a dish or whatever it is that you're doing. And it's going to pop in there. And you're going to go, Oh, yep. Oh, that made me think it's much, it's not as heavy. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, um, you know, that's the best way I can describe it. And the thing is, the exercises, self-awareness and being able to regulate your emotions and all of the things that we go through to help with overcoming jealousy, it's going to serve you in all areas of your life. So really, if you did the work here to kind of overcome this in your relationship and something does happen, okay, that stinks. You're going to be better prepared to get through it, better prepared for that happening. Um, but you're going to be better prepared as a human overall. So now you've got these skills anyway that are going to serve you. And so, you know, either way, whether it ends up being something that, you know, that you thought there's still um, a good amount of of service to yourself in, in learning some of these things. I just love personal development. Like I want to be in your group coaching because we didn't even get time to talk about the characteristics of healthy relationships and the seven behaviors of extreme jealousy. And I think it would be interesting to be in your group group coaching. I think people who have yeah. a jealous partner could even benefit from being in your group coaching because you kind of go mm-hmm. over behaviors of extreme jealousy, healthy relationships. I think maybe someone could have an aha moment in your coaching session like, oh, you know. I have a very good yeah. person on my hands. Can I, or can't I handle this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. And there are definitely conversations, you know, and questions that come up of like, should I share this with my partner? Should I tell my partner that I'm doing this and trying to get through this? And so, yes. And there are certainly things that come up of, because we want to help the partner too. We know that they're suffering. Um, and what I always say, and I, I think what I hear from clients is like, and how I felt of, I know my husband was suffering. Should he have left? Probably. Uh, honestly, probably he should have left. Thank goodness he didn't. But he he probably should have. Um, but I'm glad he didn't and he stuck around. But part of that was the communication and going, hey, here's what I'm working on. How does it make you feel when this happens? What can I do here? And so having that communication and then being involved does help in most situations. So there's definitely a lot for the partner there too. And, you know, yes, we could, we could uh, hit on some of those other things a different time for sure. Yeah. You know, I think the key is if, if you're jealous, when I think of that person I dated a while back, who was jealous, you know, Mm. I was just looking for him to be vulnerable and be interested in me enough to communicate all of that Because if he wasn't ready, it was just going to turn into like anxious, avoidant relationship, you know, where it's either fighting and, you know, I have to defend myself and he's anxious or just, you know, he's leaving and it's avoidant and, you know, he self-sabotages the relationship or whatever. So it's like it can be an emotional roller coaster, but I think anything can unless you communicate and get vulnerable and then it can bring you closer together. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's a lot of growth that can happen for a couple when there are things like this that come up. And, you know, you said it, like, I love self-development. I'm, I'm the exact same way because maybe our partner has something that they're dealing with. You know, everybody brings something to the table and some bring mostly positive things and some don't, but everybody brings something to the table. And so um, a lot of times when, when your partner knows that you are working and you're, you're trying to grow and be a better human, a lot of times that, that drives them to do that as well. And so maybe pulling that out um, of them. Yeah. And I've heard you talk about your power of one, O-N-E, being <laughs> open to the new explanations and experiences and evidence. Yeah. And that probably helps people who've been cheated on because, you know, they're open to the new dynamic and the new partner and all of those new experiences. And it probably helps them not relive the old relationship in this new relationship. Yes, absolutely. We want to do that a lot of times. And again, that's our amygdala going, okay, this looks similar to this. And this is what happened before. But they could be, you know, completely different and totally different situations. But we're always, you know, using our experience can be a very positive thing. And sometimes it's not. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought maybe I could tell you about one scenario when I got jealous and then you can um, weigh in on it just for fun. So I'm oh, not... I love it. <laughs> I'm not like a super jealous person. I don't know. I just think I'm the shit, I guess. But um, so but I, love it. I do remember a time and it's interesting because um, I felt like I couldn't do anything to change it. I'll explain what it was. So I had a three-year-old and I had just had a baby. So I had two kids and I still have two kids. So my son was three. I had just had my daughter. And our birth coach came by after the birth. I went to the hospital. I had the birth. I had this birth coach, Dula, and she came by to check on us like a week after I had the baby. And so I'm exhausted. I feel like someone pulled the plug to my brain. I can't think. Mm -hmm. I'm sleep deprived. I have a newborn and a toddler. And we're having tea at my house, and she and my husband are having, like, this great conversation. I feel like they had mutual friends in college. They're having, like, this intellectual conversation, and I'm over here breastfeeding, like, can't even hang. I can't even hang in this conversation, and I feel like a third wheel, and I'm just, like, not mentally up for the job, for the conversation. I'm not physically up for this, and I just want to take a nap, you know? Yeah, and she's like hanging on her every word, and I'm like, oh my god! I'm just like, oh my god! Like, fight or flight, like get me out of here. Um, so yes, that's my situation. Um, mm. and so I've heard, you know, certain other coaches say, oh, you know, jealousy, it just really shows you what you want, and it shows you what you desire. So get off your butt and get it, or it shows you what you value. But the thing is, like. He had this conversation with her, and even though I wanted to be there having it with him and be the one that he was, like, you know, getting all excited about and talking to, like, I couldn't physically do that. And so that must be very frustrating. Like, say if you're trying to lose weight, but it's not coming off, you know, and then your husband's looking at skinny women, that must be really frustrating because you're jealous of something that, like, is almost unattainable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so Mm – 
I was just thinking if listeners feel that way, what advice would you have? Because in this case with my husband, I was like jealous of their amazing conversation, but I was like, I couldn't even hang, you know? And that was sad. Yeah. 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 Well, I totally get it. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot there of what probably was going on. One, of course, your hormones and your emotions. And we already talked about like when you're tired, when you're hungry, all of those things seem like they were going on for you. And so when you have all of those things, of course, you know, you're already out, out of your element and any of those things are easier to creep in when you're in that situation of being tired. Um, you've got, you know, your hormones are all over the place because you just gave birth recently. The other piece is that we, it's kind of relationship expectations and not to say that you had unrealistic expectations, but sometimes those creep in of, well, I don't want my husband to be like, I don't want anybody else to be interesting to him. <laughs> yeah. I only yeah, want me to be interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I want to be the only one that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> How interesting right? is breastfeeding and changing diapers? Like not that interesting. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so we kind of get ourselves into those places of a little bit of unrealistic relationship expectations. That's, and that's a hard one. That's one where, again, that practice and kind of being able to think through, like, because of course there are other interesting people in the world. There were other interesting people before me. They're going to be interesting people after me. Um, but in really doing the work to go, here are my unique qualities. Here are my strengths. Here's what I bring to the relationship. When you are probably, you know, with a newborn, you have your other child, things are chaotic. And as you said, kind of in your words, like I was just exhausted and I feel like I just couldn't hang. You maybe had a tinge of that insecurity at that time. Like I'm, you know, I, I'm not up to, to par in this situation. I think basically it just came down to not feeling enough, you know, yep. and mm -hmm. sometimes we do look at another person and we say, you know, I want that booty or I wish I had her hair yeah. or whatever. And it doesn't need to be the situation that, oh, you can get that too. You know, you can get hair extensions or, you know, you can get a surgery. Sometimes it's not like we can have everything you want. You just have to kind of like focus on your own assets and appreciate yourself and find someone yeah. who appreciates you too and your assets. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that advice because to me, it's like chasing, you know, as you were talking about some, some other people saying like, oh, it's something that you want and you go after it. As you said, not everything can be, I can't be any taller than I am. I'm never going to have, you know, super long legs and be taller. I'm five, three. It's just not something I can change about myself. So trying to chase all the time, those things, that's when we really get into the comparison part. And so, yes, you're right. And part of my program too, of going through those strengths and saying, let's identify the strengths. Where are you really strong at? And then getting to the part of self-acceptance where it's like, I'm okay. I can't be everything. You know, I used to think that when I was young, I'd, anytime I'd meet somebody that I felt like had like a special talent or a skill or whatever, I'm like, man, I'm not a good singer. Oh, I can't, you know, I'm not tall. Oh, I don't have blue eyes. 
oh, I can't play the flute. <laughs> like, whatever it is, I would have been like a harmonica playing singer, dancer, whatever it is, if I could have been all those things. And we just can't. Yeah. And I think comparison is the thief of happiness. And, you know, maybe someone might tell me, oh, I had lasagna last night for dinner. And I might be thinking, well, that sounds amazing. I wish I was a better cook. Well, maybe they had microwave lasagna, you know? So you can't right. assume that they made a lasagna from scratch and they're so much better than you. So sometimes we make assumptions and then we compare. And then it's the total thief of happiness because we're comparing ourselves to someone's social media or someone's imaginary homemade lasagna that they didn't even eat. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And now we have a whole nother set of problems on our hands that we're trying to get out of, right? <laughs> so it's almost right. like gratitude, appreciate what you yes. have. And if you find yes. someone who appreciates you and you appreciate them, then, you know, put the jealousy in its place because I would love to be in a relationship where everyone's loving each other and appreciating each other. I think it's coming. I'm single mom right now. But um, mm. I think jealousy is totally manageable. And after talking to you, I'm feeling like super empowered and inspired about it. And I'm sure that's what you do for your clients. Yes, yes, great. And I agree. Yes, it is definitely something that you can overcome. You don't, you don't have to keep living your life like that. And the difference, though, does feel life changing, you know, going from never going to the movies or to dinner, not wanting to go anywhere, feeling like my husband has to walk with his head down is a completely different life than what we have now. And that's what I, you know, help people to get to is like, let's bridge this gap so you can have that life that you want and go out and spend your energy and your focus on you and achieve the other stuff that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we can't all be 5'3 with the hair or whatever it is that we want, but we can all be joyful and happy. And, right. you know, we can That's help right. dissolve some fear and dissolve some jealousy and dissolve some anxiety when it comes to relationships and jealousy. Absolutely. Um, I've really enjoyed talking with you. I'm happy that your coaching program is growing because I feel like you're a light in a lot of people's lives and you probably help people have better relationships with themselves and with their partners. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And if you're listening at home and you'd like to learn more about Shannon's programs and her coaching, go to topself.com. That's T-O-P-S-E-L-F.com. Thank you for being here. That completes our episode for today. Thank you so much for being here. If today's content felt true for you, follow the podcast today or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Try new practices to dissolve fear and make a habit out of the practices that you enjoy. Dissolve and evolve. The mission here is a world without fear, where fear doesn't control us. We feel it, heal it, and let go to grow. Have an amazing day. Fill it with opportunities to nurture yourself and maximize your potential. Thank you for being here.